Listener Production. US and European markets slip as bank stocks weigh on indices. And Aussie shares expected to open modestly lower on Wednesday ahead of the Commonwealth Bank's earnings results. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday, the 9th of August. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, US and European markets each down on both sides of the Atlantic. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones was down 0.4 of a percent. The S&P 500 down by around 0.5 of a percent. And the Nasdaq down three quarters of a percent. Probably the more surprising aspect of things was that we saw quite a solid rally in bond yields. So a two-year treasury note down by one basis point to around 4.75% and a 10-year down by seven basis points to 4.01%. Quite an outstanding outcome under the circumstances given that the US Treasury was selling a few bonds last night. Well, we did see the Dow Jones down by 466 points at session lows. The S&P 500 index slid by 1%, and it's all down to the banks across the US and Europe. Yes, not a great session for the lenders for a couple of reasons in the US. The index that specifically measures the fortunes of financials, the KBW Bank Index, that had the wind taken out of its sails, right? It was down by about 4% in opening trade. We did see... Broadly across the banking sector in America under pressure, and the reason for that is we saw Moody's, the credit rating agency, rear its head. It reignited fears about the health of the US banking sector, sparking a wider sell-off. The agency cut ratings on 10 small to mid-sized lenders by one notch and placed six banking giants, including Bank of New York Mellon, US Bank Corp, State Street, and Truist Financial on review for potential downgrades. And then we did see those larger US banks also under pressure. So we saw shares of Goldman Sachs and Bank of America ease by around 2%. So there's 20-odd banks in the KBW Bank Index. And uh, to your point, Ryan, the market at its lows, that coincided with the KBW Bank Index being down by around 4%. And the recovery for the broader market was accompanied by that move off its lows for that banking index. So it was down by about you know, a little less than 1.2% at the close. But uh, to your point, you know, most of those lenders in negative territory was where the difference was made for US markets. Our listeners have been obviously across what's been going on in the regional banking sector in the United States with our podcast over the last few months. And just to recap what has happened historically, the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank earlier in the year sparked a crisis in confidence in the US banking sector. That led to a run on deposits on a host of regional banks, despite authorities launching emergency measures to shore up confidence. And overnight, Moody's came out and said that many banks' second quarter results showed growing profitability pressures that will reduce their ability to generate internal capital. They're worried about the potential for a mild recession in the United States in early 2024. Asset quality looks set to decline with particular risks in some banks' commercial real estate portfolio. So we have been talking about the pressure of higher interest rates in the United States in particular but also the fact that we have seen increased working from home and reduced demand for offices having an impact on commercial property vacancy rates and portfolios generally. It's a wonderful exegesis from the uh, ratings agencies to be delivering uh, or pontificating on all of this after the fact. Thank you very much. It's not unlike you know when Monty Python do that skit when they're on their way to the Crusades but they don't have any horses. They just have the clip-clopping of the uh, the sounds. Have you seen that, Ryan? I have seen that, it's and very it's a funny. fair assessment of you know, what's, uh, like, what has happened with these yeah, rating agencies. And Yes, they haven't covered themselves in glory historically. The global financial crisis stands out as a period of time that they'd probably prefer to forget. 
What this all means, of course, is it really dampens sentiment in terms of risk. Mm. And we did see the CBOE market volatility index, the fear gorge, if you want to call it that, the VIX, it hit a two-month high. So that was an indication that there were some concerns out there. We do have the US inflation report to digest in the coming days. But one thing that did, I guess, really help the market recover was Philadelphia Fed President Patrick Harker coming out and saying, barring an abrupt change in the direction of recent economic data, the US Federal Reserve could be at a stage where it could leave interest rates unchanged. So that soothed some Mm. market concerns about the trajectory of interest rates and we did see those losses paired. The other thing to note as well is some of the economic data that we got overnight was also on the better than expected side as well. The National Federation of Independent Business, it came out with its Small Business Optimism Index. That hit an eight-month high, and the share of small business owners expecting better business conditions over the next six months rose to the highest level since August 2021. So this really does mirror the improvement in consumer confidence that we have seen. We're seeing rising confidence on Wall Street that an economic downturn can be averted as inflation decelerates and hiring remains steady. So this outcome was quite positive as well, Tom. So I suppose the other thing to point out in this type of dynamic, Ryan, is that in circumstances where you have credit downgrades of lesser credit qualities, then uh, the marginal investor will head towards the highest quality that is available, and that tends to be sovereign bonds. Uh, And that was a factor pushing bond yields lower uh, overnight, but also another important factor last night was that a bond auction went off particularly well in the United States, which was a direct contrast to the sentiment that was pervading the markets uh, at the end of last week. We saw the US Treasury sell 42 billion US dollars worth of three-year notes at a yield of 4.398% into solid demand. So it was a good night for bonds. And part of the reason for that, apart from the flight to safety, as you mentioned, Tom, associated with concerns about US regional banks, we also saw weaker than expected Chinese trade data yesterday. So Worries about global growth persist, and people then piled into treasuries on the back of that. Uh, this was also the dynamic where European markets were concerned last night for a slightly different reason. Uh, I suppose there was the Italians who uh, came to the fore with an interesting initiative. I suppose you know you look at this from the vantage point of governments having you know delivered a lot of largesse. Uh, over the last couple of years, and now it's time to pay the bills, and the Italians definitely caught people in the hop yesterday. We heard from the Italian government overnight, and they introduced a surprise 40% windfall tax or levy on banks' extra profits. Do you want to call them super profits? I don't know, but certainly what we did see last night was Italian banking shares under pressure. That dragged down bank stocks in Europe, which fell 2.7%. We saw Intesa San Paolo, Banco EPM and Unicredit fall between 5% and 9% in European trade. So that really did drag down European shares. And the reason that Deputy Prime Minister Matteo Silvani announced this measure is that it will fund items such as a reduction in a tax wedge, tax cuts, and financial support to holders of mortgages on first homes. So certainly we have had this discussion in Australia, particularly around the resources sector. So it's something quite similar to that. In Europe, uh, to your point, Ryan, financials underperformed. The UK market was down by a third of a percent. The French market down two thirds. 
the German market down by a little over a percent and the broader measure of European stock performance, the stock 600 index was down by about a quarter of a percent. Just quickly reflecting on European bond markets, uh, Italian bonds uh, were down by about three basis points where a two-year was concerned to 3.6%, 10 years down 13 basis points to 4.11%. German bonds uh, again down substantially 13 basis points for a 10-year and down five basis points for a two-year. Let's uh, just reflect on today locally because it's an important day. We often talk about earnings numbers as being an economic indicator in their own right and today we certainly have one of those in our own experience, Ryan, with the CBA set to report earnings. I enjoy playing this game with you. So if you had one metric to look at within these numbers at the expense of all others, what would you look at? Net interest margins. Yes, that's right. That is the one that stands out. So Australia's biggest banks are likely to report narrower profit margins in the June quarter as an unprecedented pace of interest rate hikes to curb inflation starts to weigh on the economy. And, of course, investors will be watching for signs of rising bad debt. Of course, we have seen some evidence of stress, particularly in the housing market, with those borrowing costs lifting. Of course, the CBA, National Australia Bank, Westpac and ANZ Group have benefited over the past year from policy tightening, but they're now facing headwinds from rising costs and unemployment, which could result in fewer new loans and more bad debt. So, The thing we're looking out for is signs of bad and doubtful debt rising. And of course, we have seen increased mortgage competition Mm. in Australia recently as well. Having said that, in July, when the um, bank heads went down to Canberra and spoke to the Standing Economics Committee, what was taking everyone's breath away was the lack of concern on the part of the bank leaders about the state of their mortgage books. And that was, you know, almost looked at askance. But in terms of uh, that important metric today, the expectation on average, according to Bloomberg, is that we'll have a net interest margin in the second half of around 1.69% and that the cash profit will come in at around $4.97 billion. So that's two of the numbers to look out for. But even if today is a good number, you know, over the course of the next three months, there is a very substantial rolling off the fixed mortgages that were established during the pandemic, and they will be going to a vastly higher rate. I mean, there are some estimates that the these rates will double compared to where they were locked in at over the course of the pandemic. So that's why everyone is breathless about these numbers. Those with a mortgage are in the eye of the storm at the moment with the fixed rate mortgage cliff roll-off. They're going to roll off from fixed rates of 2 to 3% to 6 to 7%. So it's going to be a difficult time. And certainly that's going to be a key focus today. But as I was mentioning before, headwinds over that mortgage competition suggests that risk to earnings may diminish somewhat. So we have seen an easing in mm-hmm. that competition in more recent months. But as you mentioned, the Commonwealth Bank today, uh, early this month, the bank announced a $212 million pre-tax provision relating to costs associated with Bank West including the transition of business banking to CBA. So that will be a factor as well. And as you mentioned, for the full year, Tom, the bank is forecast to report an 18% jump in net interest income to $23 billion, a 5.5% jump in cash profit to $10.12 billion. That's according to Morgan Stanley analysts. So the cash profit could lift 3.5% to $9.9 billion. The numbers are expected to be good. Yes. But certainly there will be some evidence of 
of pressure, particularly around the mortgage situation at the moment. If we look at the commodity markets last night, Tom, there's some interesting developments there. We saw the US all NYMEX price lift by 1.2% to 82.92 US dollars a barrel. We heard from the US Energy Information Administration last night, who projected that US crude production will rise to 850,000 barrels per day in 2023. That is a record of 12.76 million barrels per day over the year. That would overtake last year's peak of 12.3 million barrels per day. So certainly that was a factor with demand expected to be stronger. But we also heard from Ukraine as well, where they're expecting to up the ante in their naval attack on Russia. So supply worries there. They've also fed into those price increases for oil. We did see gold down by 0.5% to 1959.90 US dollars an ounce. And iron ore was under pressure, down 0.3% to 104.41 US dollars a ton. We saw China's imports of iron ore in July slip by 2% as sintering curves in major steel production hub Tangshan dampened demand for the steel making ingredients. So we could see certainly industrial metals with copper prices down 1.7% on the back of those weak July export and import numbers in China have an impact on the resources sector. Today we have uh, producer and consumer inflation figures to be released in China. Uh, normally, you know, you would be a bit pensive ahead of price data like this, but given the very anemic pulse of growth in China at the moment, you'd actually be worried if you saw disinflationary forces coming through in those numbers. The signs are ominous at the moment, Tom, with those trade numbers yesterday. We're seeing weak external demand, particularly with consumer spending easing for goods outside of China at the moment. There are signs of deflationary pressures everywhere that's hitting China's businesses as the economy weakens. It's threatening to undermine Beijing stimulus plans if consumers opt to defer spending. So the consumer price index could actually fall by 0.4% in July year on year with producer prices down by 4% year on year. So the worry here, of course, is that if consumers continue to stop spending, then of course China could be in a bit of a deflationary funk and those consumer prices, if they do decline, would be the first time since late 2020. The concern is that this could create some uh, destabilising influences where the property market is concerned if the consumer is falling off the cliff to that extent. And given the parlous nature of this sector over the course of the last couple of years, um, there is some disquiet about what the next shooter drop might be in relation to that. Elsewhere, other than the CBA reporting its results today, we'll be hearing from Alliance Aviation, Dexas Industrial REIT, and Suncorp will also be reporting numbers today. Ryan, fascinating day looms, as is often the case. Indeed, Tom, and look out for the Aussie dollar. It firmed from 64.96 cents to 65.43 cents and is currently at 65.39 US cents. Enjoy the day. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.